0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Brotherly Love Level Sports. This is your host Corey Lovett, and you already know who I'm here with—my brother and my co-host, Carl Lovett. How we doing today, man? What's up, man? What's going on? Nothing much, man. Just a just another great week, man. How, how's your week been going? So it's far? been going pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Nothing. Nothing too too exciting.
1: Nah, nothing too exciting. You know, we got been a beautiful day today, day, and. You know a lot to talk about in the world of sports, so absolutely. So let,
0: let let let's get to it. So obviously, you know, we we have to start with the Lakers versus the Nuggets uh, matchup. Yeah, so yeah, Lakers. Ab- obviously, you know, we seen yesterday both these teams faced f- squared off in Game One after you know winning both of their their series in the conference semifinals against the Lakers against the Warriors in six games, and Denver against the Suns in six games. So and yesterday nuggets beat the lakers in a in a in a close one the one one that kind of came down to to the wire nuggets ended up edging edging the lakers out 132 to 126 so obviously we have to give our reactions and i'll go first cuz i'm sure you have ample things to say and then i'll I'll give it to you i'll say my predictions for the rest of the series and i'll pass it over to you so Game one was kind of, to me, up and down. Obviously, obviously, you know, the Lakers lost, like I said. But to be honest with you, at the end of this game, obviously, you know, I root for the Lakers. I'm pulling for the Lakers in this series. And as a person that's pulling for the Lakers, even though the Lakers lost, you know, I don't believe in moral victories or anything. You know, the series is still... 1-0 Denver Nuggets. I I left this game kind of encouraged, and here's why. I'll start on the offensive end with with the Lakers. Now, obviously, the Lakers started slow, and I believe part of it has to do with you know that playing in Denver is not easy. You know, getting adjusted to that that atmosphere there. You know, the breathing um I've heard multiple players talk about it visiting players e- even players who play there still try to get 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 adjusted to it so it's a real thing yeah. yeah it's a real thing for sure so I believe that 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 has part to do with it but offensively I liked what the Lakers were getting because I really me watching this game and we know that game one for the Lakers and and and, and especially you being a LeBron fan you you pretty much watched them Throughout his career in the playoffs, we know that game 1 is usually a fill-out game for him. Right. So I thought he he wasn't as aggressive as as he usually is, but obviously we know game 1 is usually a fill-out game for him. So he still played well all around, but I really liked what I seen from the Lakers. One of the things that I, that I that I wanted to highlight offensively from the Lakers, I liked with the AD and LeBron post up I thought they were getting really good looks and really good shots from the double team that were coming from those post ups, but unfortunately they they early they weren't able to hit a lot of those outside shots, so if they can start knocking those down i think I think they'll be be in business so I really like that offensively um Anthony Davis was aggressive offensively um still ended up with forty um I believe forty and ten i think um offensively, I like what I've seen. Now on the defensive end, I really liked having Rui Hachimura on on Jokic towards the end of that game. Mm-hmm. Not that Rui is a is a great defensive matchup for him, but taking Anthony Davis off of Jokic allows Anthony Davis to, and I believe he was guarding either Aaron Gordon or Jeff Green at the time, or whoever it might have been having Anthony Davis on one of those guys, one of those one of those guys who's not a great shooter because Aaron Garden Aaron Gordon shoots 34% from the three and Jeff Green shoots 29 29% from the three. So what that allows Anthony Davis to do is kind of roam and protect the rim instead of being out outside. And and that's why I believe Denver is the most dangerous when Jokic is bringing the ball up and also on the perimeter. Yep. And and being the decision maker, I believe that's where he's his most dangerous. So taking Anthony Davis off of him and putting Rui Hachimura on on Jokic, I think that that freed up a lot of space and a, and a, and a lot of room for Anthony Davis to roam and also to to be able to protect the rim. Because um, if you look in the fourth quarter, a, a, as good as the as good as the game as Jokic had and and it was one for the record books in the fourth quarter, he was zero for two with four points. And those four four free throws I believe came at the end of the game when it yeah, was when it, it was did. pretty much over. Right. So the job that Rui Hajimura did was pretty good. Not to say that he that he's just a yoke stopper at all, but like I said, I believe that, that that helps and frees up more space for Anthony Davis to be able to roam. And with that being said, too, as hot, like I said, I was I was I was encouraged because as hot as Jamal Mary was in this game. I've seen him be just as cold. So as hard and this this is why I say I'm I'm encouraged. As hard as Denver Punts the Lakers in the mouth early. They still had a chance to tie this ball game with under a minute to go. Mm-hmm. LeBron shot a three that I didn't I didn't particularly I like. I didn't it. like the I didn't like it. I think he shoot he's shooting way too many threes this playoffs. So I think he's he's yeah. settling and especially, the I mean, fact he only shot
1: four last night, but still, that, that shot was, four uh, too, I it. Four too
0: many. Yeah. Especially in that moment, especially you got Jamal Murray, he's got his fifth foul. Yep. And I believe that was, that was a great, great spot to attack right there. So I, I didn't like the shot, but, again, like I said, as hard as Denver punched them in the mouth, I mean, they had 72 points at the half. So as hard as the – and this is why I say I'm, I was encouraged too – like I said, as hard as they punched him in the mouth, they still had a chance to tie this game with under a minute left. And the reason that I'm encouraged is because we've seen the Lakers be down on, on road games and, and just pack it in, especially this playoffs. So they didn't lay down. They didn't quit. They fought to the, to the bitter end. And that that's part of the reason why I was encouraged. Um, so with that being said, my prediction for this series I think the Lakers are going to win this series in six games. Okay. And here's why. Even though Jokic was as great as he was, Anthony Davis was 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 dominant. 40 and 10. Now I would like to see him to see him hold Jokic off the boards a little more. Because Jokic in the first first quarter, what did he have? Eight, 12, and five? Six offensive rebounds? That just can't happen. So I believe if the Lakers can can adjust. And I believe if they can withstand the onslaught early, because I think that's really where this game was kind of won early in the game yeah, well, because yeah, absolutely. The, the Nuggets came out and and jumped on them early. And, and like I said, the Lakers really didn't, they didn't look defeated, but they were able to withstand and kind of weather a storm. But if the Lakers were are able to avoid the early onslaught, I think that they have a, have a legitimate chance in this series. I think you have to limit the role players as much as you can because Bruce Brown can't just be getting getting layup lines to the rim. Like that just can't happen. Like I said, Jamal Murray, I love him, but like I said, just as hot as he was yesterday, I've seen him be just as cold. And, and, and I kind of think what you said about Steph the other day about they can kind of withstand, you know, if Steph goes for 40, but if Clay comes along, if mm-hmm. Jordan Poole comes along. I think that's the same with Jokic. Absolutely, I think you can kind of withstand Jokic going out and getting forty. Mm-hmm. It's when Jokic is able to get others involved, and and Jamal Murray is hitting on all cylinders. MPJ is hitting on all cylinders. When when that happens, then you 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 got your work cut out for you. So, and again, the the role players for the Lakers have to come along as well. D'Lo shooting four for eleven. Um, Struder, I think he has six points. Rui had 17 off the bench. That's a highlight. So if if the Lakers role players can come along too, like I said, I think that this, they have a legitimate chance in this series. And and I and one more thing, and I'm gonna kick it over to you. Shout out to Darwin Ham because of the in-game adjustments. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen him ample times not, not make them. Willing, Yeah, not be willing so, to make. So and I think that that small lineup that he stuck that he that he found something in the war with the Warriors. I think you go away from that. You have to because now. this is the different team. Yeah. So I think Rui Hattemoren starts next game. Maybe probably on probably guarding Jokic. And like I said, I, I think like I said, this this small lineup won't work this series. And I think the Lakers have a legitimate chance, and I'm picking them in six games.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, a few things. Uh, first of all, um, you know, in terms of last night's game, I kind of I. You know, we, we didn't do a show last week, so then we didn't really give our position how we, you know, thought this series was going to, you know, play out. But I was, I was very, I was predicting, I went into last night expecting Denver to win game mm-hmm. one. Uh, you know, I just thought, you know, because they've been one of the best home teams, you know, in the NBA, and they are the number one seed, and they do have a guy who, uh, they do have the two-time reigning MVP. Should have been three-time. I think we all know that now. But that's a, we'll get into that. You know, another time.
0: MVP is a regular season award. Yeah,
1: uh-huh, but I think it's all clear. Who we all know who's, a, who's who the real MVP is. But aside from that, uh, you know, yeah. Listen, I thought for three quarters, Denver played as well as they possibly could have played. And you 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 mentioned you mentioned to the onslaught they started with. I mean, what they have in the first quarter, they had nine offensive rebounds in the first quarter. Uh, you know. Uh, And the Lakers, you know, they, they jumped on them early. And as far as the Lakers are concerned, you you talked about, you know, being encouraged. I think they do have a lot to be encouraged about, you know, even though they didn't come back and win this game. But they were able to, like, you know, you say credit to Overham. They were able to make the adjustments. You know, obviously the in, the adjustment to, to go with Rui, you know, on Joker, you know, was, you know, the driving force on in how they were able to get back into the ball game and have a chance late. And, you know, like you said, yeah, they should be encouraged, even though they didn't win. You know, you get down 21 in the first quarter against that team and that building against that player, it's just too much to overcome to come back and win that game. And, you know, they just fill up a little bit short. So, But they deserve credit for, you know, battling back and, you know, having the test fortitude to get back into the game. Um, and, yeah, I'll just kind of, you know, piggyback. I think, yeah, you will see Rui, I think, get uh, inserted into the start lineup for game two. The question is, who would you like to see come out of the starting lineup? Dennis Schroeder.
0: You will? Yeah, because he's – I think Dennis Schroeder is more used to coming off the bench right. more so than D'Angelo Russell. I think that would kill his confidence in a sense. So, And D'Lo has, has – because has, D'Lo is a guy who who, who has the ability to, to give you 25-30. Yeah, so I, I, I think you I go agree. with Dennis Schroeder off but the bench. But D'Lo,
1: in a sense, if he's giving you a game the way that he gave you last night, He's essentially no use for you on the floor because he gives you nothing defensively. I mean, he can't. I mean, who? I mean, who are you gonna? I mean, you can, you really can't hide D'Lo in the sense he's too he's too small to guard Michael Porter. You know, he can't stay in front of Jamal Murray. He's too he he's not big enough to guard Aaron Aaron Gordon. And you, I mean, he can't do nothing with Jokic. So if he's not giving you anything on the offensive end, like I said, I think I think you start D'Lo game going in the game too. But I think you, if you're darvin Ham, you, you like you, you're on a quick trigger with him if he if he's not giving you anything offensively because I think you know on the defensive end, you know you surrendering too much, and you know you 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 can't get destroyed on the rebounds like they did. I understand Jokic and what he is, man, but I mean you had you got out rebounded thir- forty-seven to thirty, and Jokic had twenty-one of them. Yeah, he happen. he he nearly almost out rebounded your entire team, so you can't allow that. And to talk more so about the Rui the Rui uh, uh, matchup against Jokic, you said, you know, what it also does is allow Anthony Davis, you know, kind of, you know, protect the rim a little bit more. What it also kind of does is it kind of preserves AD more so on the offensive end because you're going to need him on that. Because if if he's, if he's banking with Jokic the entire game, that's just, that's just going to take too much out of him. And you need him on the offensive end to be aggressive because you need him to, you need him to challenge Jokic on the, on on offense. Right.
0: You got to make Jokic
1: work. You got to make him work. So I I I I think that's something that they will go to. And not saying that you go you just strictly go to, you know, Rui on Jokic exclusively. I think I think, you know, a lot of times you will see AD still taking mid times, but you know, just to kind of give Jokic some different looks. And like you said, that was that was a great point you made about the analogy that I used with Curry in the last series. You can you can withstand the blow that Jokic is gonna give you. Yeah, because you, you because you because you're not gonna be able to stop Yoke. I mean, we know that yeah. he's gonna he's gonna do his way. But what you can't do. You can't allow Jamal Murray to shoot the lights out and go for thirty-one. You can't allow KCP to go for twenty-one points. You can't allow Bruce Brown to have a conga line to the basket. That's not that's not what you that's not what you can allow. And to kind of get into my prediction for how the rest of this series is going to fall out. Initially, I said this series is going to come down to two things: the Lakers, I think, are without a doubt, the better defensive team. You know. On the def- on the de- on the defense, you know, Denver leaves a lot to be desired. So, the Lakers are going to have to maintain that def- the same defensive intensity and play with the same defensive intensity they play with all postseason long. And it's also going to come down to whose role players outplays who. Right. Absolutely. I think that's the main thing in this series. Cuz I I
0: think AD and Jokic will can cancel, can cancel each other out. And LeBron
1: sense. for the most part will cancel out Jamal Murray. I think he will outplay Jamal Murray uh, uh for the uh, for the duration of this series. But the role players are going to have to also come along. You can like I said, you can't allow KCP to go for 21 and shoot lights out from 3. You can't allow and Austin Reeves. I mean, what more can I say about this kid, man? I mean, the, this kid is just I mean, the Lakers, <laughs> the, the, he he may be he he may be gone because he he playing himself into he's some playing, serious yeah, serious money this offseason. season absolutely and you know the, the he he's gonna have to continue to be big and another thing is this you look at like I said Denver played as well as they possibly could have played I think for three quarters last night and you look at some of the shots that they were hitting it, 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 it's hard to say that that's gonna continue off the direction of the season I mean. You look at, I mean, the, the shot that Jokic hit at the end of the third quarter. I thought he might have traveled on that play, but that, that's that's enough, <laughs> That's another. Uh, that's not yeah. neither here. Or there. The shot that Jamal Murray hit over LeBron yeah, with that the was shot you clock. Just up the, the-, the one that MPJ hit from the corner. I mean, you just you just throw your hands up and say it. Yeah. But I'm picking the Lakers. I, I I really don't. You know, I felt confident in the Golden State series. I, I never felt that the Lakers were in jeopardy of losing that series cause, because I thought. They were just a better a team. They were just a better team. I'm picking the Lakers to win in seven games, and I know that's a tough ask, but I do not feel confident as I did in the Golden State series because Denver, Denver is a legit team, they are. and we know they have, uh, and we know they have a, as as good of a players as we've ever seen in, in you know in in this postseason. I mean, Jokic has been the best player in this in these playoffs by far, and he's on an historic run. And we do know in the playoffs that, that those are the type of performances from players that can over uh, overcome and live and lift you to a championship. So with the Lakers have to they, they just have to depend on what they, you know, what they've been built on coming into this postseason defensively, and the role players have to continue playing the way they've been. And someday it may be some nights it may be Austin Reeves, some days it may be D'Lo. Some days it may be Schroeder. Some days it may be Rui. Maybe Lonnie Walker. We we we've seen role. We've seen role players step up different role players step up at different times, and I think that's gonna have to continue and like you said credit darvin ham he, he he's really been impressing me lately you know I, i've I've been critical at times I think we both have, but credit him for making the uh you know the end game adjustments that he did and we'll just and, and Denver's gonna and Denver's gonna you know adjust to the adjustment and they have to be ready to make more just but I'm picking the Lakers in seven games just because I believe that. AD will match match, match Jokic because if AD don't show up in one of these ga- in, 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 in any game, the Lakers will not stand a chance of winning. Yeah. So I believe that AD will match what Jokic brings to the table. I believe that Jamal uh, Lebron will outplay Jamal Murray, and I believe that the Lakers because you you we've seen the Lakers role players be more consistent, I think, than Denver's role players. You alluded to Jamal Murray, like you said. It's capable. Uh, 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 we all know he's more than capable of doing what he did last night. But he's more than capable of going out there and and, and you know, absolutely, and, and he's, being, he's I- and, and being ice cold. He's a streaky player, and we and we we've seen the Lakers' role players maintain a sense of consistency throughout these playoffs, and I think that will hold. So I'm going to pick the Lakers in seven games. I know it's tough, Game Seven on the road again, that building against that team and that play. But we've seen. We've seen LeBron do it before, you know. We've seen yeah. him, even though he was much less than what he is now. We've seen him win on the road in Boston, Game Seven, and we also know the biggest Game Seven in, in NBA history, probably against Golden State, twenty sixteen. So, I, I, I'm going to depend on the Lakers overcoming the Nuggets, just because I, I don't believe I don't believe that in the consistent play in in you know in anyone outside of Jokic. I know what I'm going to get from Jokic. I don't know what I'm going to get from anybody else on a nightly basis, and but this
0: series is going to be a lot of fun. This this ain't going to be no easy series either way. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think I think the Lakers have to win in six. I as as much confidence as I have in them, I just think Denver is too much of a well round team. Um, like you said, it's it's a really tough ask for them to go into that building against that team. And win a game seven on the road. I just I think for the Lakes to win a series, they have to win it in six. But to your point about this Denver team, the thing that really stands out to me about this Denver team, there are really no egos on this team. Like Jokic, as great of a s as great of a superstar as he is, like this this team is is probably probably one of the very few teams in, in the NBA that doesn't depend on ISO Ball. The ball is hot. The ball is always moving around. Like mm-hmm. the ball does not stick. Like I said, there, yeah, you can't you can't ball watch this. Yeah, team there, there, they there's will shred really you. there's no egos on this team. Like this, the ball is like this team is not dependent on ISO ball at all. Like so, man, like you said, this this is a really well rounded team. But to you, I want to say something to your point on Austin Reeves, man. Like you just said, the emergence of this guy has just been man. ridiculous. And I don't know if maybe this is due to LeBron's you know older age. But I've never seen him trust any uh, he anybody trust like this the guy, probably man. since probably since Kyrie. Like I don't think his since I don't think he trusts AD more than he trusts Austin Reeves. Like and and that, that to me that's really saying something. He trusts Austin Reeves to make the decisions, and, and it's in and it's in like the clutch. And yeah. We've seen this guy perform, so man, that, it's just crazy. Like to when me, have like you I ever said. seen
1: LeBron defer to someone late in ball games as the initial playmaker? Like they give they give the ball to Austin Reeves in crunch time to make plays. Like you, n- I've never seen it on any type of team that LeBron's ever been on in the postseason or any team for that matter. Even when he was with D. Wade, we knew LeBron was the initiator and 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 the initial playmaker when it came time to crunch time. We knew that. And yeah, the trust and belief that LeBron and this Lakers coaching staff has instilled in Austin Reeves it is it, just it's just playing huge dividends right now and this kid is playing unbelievable man unbelievable
0: absolutely yeah but like you said man this series is going to be a lot of fun so you got lakers in 7 huh
1: i got lakers in 7 okay
0: i got them in 6 i'm hoping
1: that it goes i'm hoping that it's 6 but i think it yeah, more so i think i think, I think yeah. they're going to have to go to a game seven like i said i think
0: eight. they have to win in 6 in order to win this series i just think that's a that's a tough ask for them to go on the road and a road. It's a tough ask, seven. but,
1: you know, I, like I said, I don't believe this series is going to – I don't think it's
0: going to be easy. I think right. you're going to have to, you know,
1: get, you're going to have to deal, dig, dig down deep and right. pull out something.
0: And some, like you said, like, for the first three quarters, I think the Nuggets played as, as, as good well, as they as well, I mean,
1: Jokic probably played as well as I've ever seen
0: – he he was probably playing as well as I've ever seen somebody play in a playoff game for them first three quarters. Absolutely. So, yeah, like you said – Played played as well as they could have played in three three quarters and still had a chance to tie the game under under a minute left. So yeah, the, but again, again just be, the,
1: the the shot.
0: I, I talked a little bit of the shot out. I, I you yeah, I know, don't like the shot.
1: So we, we, we we heard this on her. You know, we praise LeBron to the heavens, but at all, but that that shot was. Just, I mean, you got. And your he's ball. doing
0: that more and more now. I mean, I, I, don't I don't know, know if what a, it, if it attributes to him being older. Maybe it attributes to him not you know, you know the consistency of him not getting the foul calls. I, I think know. it all – but I think right there when you got Jamal Murray on you. Who had his fifth foul. He's
1: got five fouls. Yeah, I think right there you either have to, you know, you, you either have to run a pick-and-roll or something right there. Something, you you got to get some type of action yeah. going. They, and that's, they,
0: that's what I wanted to say too. I really – on the offensive end, I really like – towards the end of the game, they were like – they were – They were hunting. For, yeah, they were yeah, hunting they were for hunting. Jamal Murray in that pick-and-roll. So I think they should go back to that as well too. So
1: Yeah. But yeah. I like the Lakers game too for sure.
0: Yeah. So this is going to be a great series. So now let's move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Currently, right now, the Heat and the Celtics are facing off right now. They're currently, uh, Heat are up 2-38-36 two, two, with 9-32 uh, to go in the second. So this this is an interesting series to me, too, because there's a rematch of last year's Conference Finals. And uh, these two teams have faced off three out of the last four years in the Conference Finals. So um, this... This series, to me, is simply going to come down to the greatness and the level of play of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has to be great to win this series, I believe, because these aren't the Knicks, and this isn't the Bucs without Giannis. This is the Boston Celtics, and you can't play around with these guys, um, the reigning Eastern Conference champions, So like I said, I think that this series is simply going to come down to how good Jimmy Butler can be. Um, We just seen Tatum have an absolute field day on the 76ers in game seven, 51, a record in in game sevens, which was just set by Steph Curry and broken within two weeks. But Miami Heat had, and this this is a great story for the Miami Heat. I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're the eighth seed and, um they've pretty much defi- defied all odds, and like we've kind of alluded to we've talked about this a lot you know miami heat um this Spolstra, pat riley their culture they're not they're not a team that's just gonna come in here and lay down best coach in the league oh. so we know that they're not they're not just gonna lay down and they I believe that they do have their work cut out for them though but all in all I just think boston is 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 a head and shoulders. I won't say head and shoulders above, but I'll just say they're they're a better team than the Miami Heat. So I'm picking the the excuse me I'm picking the Celtics to win this series in six games because I just believe the the emergence of Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown the law firm. I believe that they that they are just this is just a better I I just believe they're a better team. Now we've seen Jason Tatum have have struggles in the playoffs, and we've seen you know this team kind of. Like, I believe that this team, I believe that they've lost a little bit of their defensive identity. I believe a lot of that has to do with Aimea Doka being out the door and of course. Joe Mizzoula, uh taking over. But I still believe that this team is good enough. I believe they're good enough to win the championship this year. No matter No matter who wins the next series, I believe they're good enough to win the championship. I do. So I'm going to pick the Celtics to win a hard-fought battle. And I don't believe I I don't believe any of these games will be a blowout. Any of I think all of these all all of these games will be down to the wire because the heat, they just don't lay down. Yeah. They're not gonna lay down, even though they're the they're probably the underdog in a lot of these games, but I'm still picking the Celtics to win in six games in a hard fought out battle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm picking the Celtics to win uh in six games, but I wouldn't be surprised if we won seven. And you know, if it does go seven, it's just a hard accident for me to think that Miami can win a game seven in Boston. But um, yeah, I, I expect a, a hard-fought battle series because that—that's what the Heat are. We, we we like you just said. We know they're not going to lay down. They're a gritty team. They're a mentally tough team. They're obviously a well-coached team, and you know, the they're, they're going to challenge you, and. You know, I think the key to this series is also going to come down to, like, you, you, the first of all, you said, if this, if the Heat have any chances, Jimmy Butler is going to have to be playoff Jimmy, you know, for the duration of this series, if not every game, for the Heat to have a chance to win. And, you know, like you, you just, you just brought up, you alluded to, you know, the difference between this Boston Celtics team this year and last year, you know, it just seems like they've they've lacked something all year. Their intensity on the defensive end, their mental toughness, you know, the closed, ball, uh, closed games late in crunch time. And obviously, we do believe that that's, you know, have to do with I may not be in there now. And, you know, with Joe Mozilla now being inserted. But they're going to have to dig down deep and find it in this series. Because, you know, Miami is going to challenge you on both ends, offensively and defensively. We, we know Spo, you know, when it comes to in-game adjustments, pre-game adjustments, no matter what it is, he he is just he as good as anybody. And it's going to come down to, you know, Jason Tatum is going to have to put on that cape again. You know, and, you know, we've seen him have his struggles. He's been up and down throughout his entire playoff career. You know, we've seen it last year in the finals. We've seen it this year. We've seen it last, last series in the Philly. You know, where he'll just well he'll just look like he's completely out of it, and all of a sudden he'll hit the, he'll he'll put the cape on and he'll just go he'll just go Avengers on you. He' gonna have to do that. And uh, but I just think that you know I, I I just think that Boston is by far the more talented team. And, and and talent you know we, we we always talk about talent talent outweighs everything else. You can have the best coach, you can play with the most heart, you can b- play with the most, but but you know talent is what wins in the postseason. And you know the two stars for Boston, if they play with their capabilities, I think you know that that in itself will prevail with them in this series. But they can't play with their food though, because Miami not going to let them. Absolutely. You know they play with their food. Miami will snatch it right off their plate. And um, you know I think I think the big key in this series is going to be, uh, you know, what role players show up for Boston. You know, it, 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 is Malcolm Brogdon going to, going uh, you know, play to his capability of what they brought him over for? Because we, we, we both love that signing when we, yeah. you know, when that happened. When that initially happened, we both talked about We said that, that could be the piece that puts them over the top and prevails them to an NBA championship. And it very well may. because, you know, I thought by bringing him in, you know, that you, you kind of take the pressure off having Marcus Smart being your initial playmaker and initiate on offense and allow him to just, you know, kind of focus more on him being the type of player that he is, you Absolutely. know, focusing you know, defensively and, you know, don't have to worry about doing other things. And that's that's going to have to, you know, uh, be one thing that really uh, prevails in this series because they're going to need it because, uh, you know, I don't know what it is about Miami's players not and not just Jimmy Butler. Some of these players that you, you just, you know, leave for dead and they just come in and just have – they just – I mean – Duncan Robinson, it, it seemed like I haven't heard his name since the bubble. Yeah. And he and and, and he's just come on and been shooting the lights out this entire postseason. Max Struz. Uh Gabe Vincent. Gabe yeah. I mean, I don't like Bam, like I mean, well, Bam has been Bam has been praying pretty well all season long, but these players rise to the occasion. And that's a credit to, you know, their organization. What's the steal from them? from the top with Pat Riley and obviously Spoken at the helm. So Boston is going to have to put their their best foot forward in order to win this series. But I like I said, I think they're they're I, to me. I think they're the, they're, most, they're the most talented team left in this in, the, in these playoffs. I do. I believe that they're the deepest team. You know, Robert Williams is you know a tremendous defensive player, and I think if they play to their capabilities, they can they can beat just about anybody. So obviously, I'm picking them to win. I'm going to go with six, but I wouldn't be surprised if we go with seven just because I have so much respect for Miami Heat and the organization and far as a coach.
0: Absolutely. Before speaking of coaches, before we move on to more serious topic, I want to ask you this. Obviously, you know, we've seen we've seen a lot of turnover in in in, in the in the coaching aspect here recently. Um obviously, Monty Williams just got got fired. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers has been dismissed. Um if you look, if you if you know, you just look in the recent history um from the past, I believe four NBA champions I believe three out of the four are now are no longer the head coach: Frank Vogel, Nick Nurse, and Budenholzer. Mm-hmm. So, well, Vogel was let go at the
1: beginning of, at the end of last year, but yeah, 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 right. yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, but
0: if you just look at it like uh, those those coaches are are no longer in, but and have recently won a championship. But here's the thing: it's it's more so it's it's a business. We know that it's I mean. it's. It's a lot of what have you done for me lately Mm -hmm. now. So with that being said, what was your reaction to um, first the Monty Williams firing and then the Doc Rivers firing? I wasn't surprised by either one. I mean, I don't think that you can
1: completely scapegoat the coach for the performance that we've seen from either one of those teams. Because first on Phoenix, I mean, we we just we said going in that, that that team just wasn't it, it, Was it built to win. this It year. just didn't have enough this year. You know, they 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 didn't have enough good players. I mean, you look you look in the series against Denver. I mean, you know, I can I can say that Jokic, Book and KD were the best three players in that series. The next six players were probably all Nuggets. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I I, I, I said you know, and I I I, I feel like I've, I'm a broken record with this, but I said once they acquired KD you know, I don't see that putting them over the top in terms of winning a championship right now. I think you need a whole other all season to kind of develop this roster around those two pieces. Because you're giving up a lot defensively and you're giving up a lot of depth and Aiden you might as well not have. <laughs> so I mean, like Yeah, so I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fully, you know, say this is completely at Monty's feet, but when you lose back to back elimination games by thirty at home. Inexcusable. I mean, I don't see how you survive that and you know, I don't know who they're looking to bring in. There there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Ty Lu, you know, ultimately, you know, I don't know you how. Did he believe the Clippers? I don't I, yeah, I don't I was just gonna say I don't know what the Clippers will be thinking to let him go. But there's but I don't I really don't at first you have to bring in I think it before you figure out a coach, you're gonna have to figure out under new ownership obviously. You're going to have to have the right people around to to shape this team going forward because you're going to need, you know, I think they will trade Aiden this offseason. And not particularly to bring in another star, I think you have to trade him and get players around him. Viable pieces. You know, viable pieces, you know, 3 and D guys to really shape up that bench and really get, you know, so, because, I mean, we've seen. If KD and Book don't play well, they don't stand a chance. Of, I don't think they stand a chance of beating anybody in the postseason. So, yeah, I, I, I wasn't surprised by the firing uh, of Money because, like I said, you know, you lose back, you, you lose when, when when it comes to the when you lose in the fashion that that, that he lost in. Yeah, it's just hard for any and coach. Blowout losses. Yeah, like it's just hard to survive that. But the Suns have to have a long. They're not. It's not. You have to replace the head coach and then automatically you get the bright. And then you're no. Nah, they they need a lot of. A lot of revamping and a lot of shaping up to do this roster going into all season. And as far as Philly is concerned, listen, I, I'm not going to defend Doc. Because, you know, yes, he's won a championship. But you look at some of the recent collapses that he's had, you know. I mean, he, he's blown he's blown more 3-1 leads than any coach in the history of the playoffs. You know, he blew a 3-2 lead this year in the playoffs. And I think – I can't remember exactly what how, how that season ended last year. But, yeah, I mean – yeah, Doc, he, he just doesn't win enough. It's just that simple. Okay, so yeah, I, I agree. I, I can't I can't I can't you know fight the firing. But come on, guys, we know what this is all about. When your two superstars play the way that they played them in game six and game seven. I don't care if you got Red Auerbach as your head coach, Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, and 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 whoever is as his assistants. You're not gonna survive that. This is on the so-called MVP, Joel Embiid. The way he oh, played was bad. just it's absolutely bad. ridiculous them last two games. And you already know about Harden. I mean, they came up telling some words, James Harden going to go, who cares? <laughs> who, I mean, really, who cares? Because we know what this guy's going to do. He was absolutely God-awful in that game seven. And it, 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 it doesn't matter who's the coach. When your two superstars come out and play the way that they played, you're going to get the result that you've gotten. So, I'm I'm not going to def- I'm not I'm not defending the firing against Doc. I can understand it. But this is about Joel Embiid and, and James Horton. Let, let, let let's not beat around the bush. That's what this is about. They failed.
0: Okay. Okay, first, let me address the Monty Williams. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that, but I do I do think he is taking a little bit too much of the blame because like like we both said, this team wasn't built to win. So I I would have loved to see him with one more year to, you know, with viable pieces around him. And and to your point about DeAndre Aiden, the guy, he he just didn't want to be in Phoenix. You could see the emotional emotional disconnect, not listening to players, not listening to the coaches, not being involved in team huddles. The guy just didn't want to be there. I mean, they sat him for game
1: six, essentially.
0: So it and it really didn't make sense for them to re-sign him. La- to even match the the Indiana offer la- uh, last year. Well, I think I year. think
1: the, I think they didn't want to lose him for nothing. So you resigned you resigned him with the anticipation. Well, you basically got nothing when he really yeah. Got I mean, that, I, so. but you. Re- I'm I'm saying that from their point of view, you resigned him with with the with with the with the uh, mindset that you're going to move him this offseason. season. So they, they they didn't just want to lose him for nothing.
0: I mean, with the way that that relationship was, I would have rather like you said. I know new ownership came in, and and they he probably wants his guy totally get it but i think uh money withers is definitely a scapegoat in this but now to doc like you said i i can't defend his collapses but here's where i can kind of i can kind of feel bad for him in a sense and i can kind of i can kind of take up for him and you're alluding to the players yeah i mean and in doc's Tenure with a lot of these a lot of these uh a lot of these collapses, if you look at a lot of these flame outs and collapses that he's had in the playoffs,
1: players didn't show up.
0: His players didn't show up, or they just weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. With that with the Lob City Clippers, those guys were pretty much hurt every postseason. We still see that's still going on with Chris Paul. So mm-hmm. it was it was always something. Yeah, they blew a 3 1 lead to I believe the Rockets, inexcusable. Not defending them at all. And then we fast forward to the bubble, the pathetic Pierre. Yeah. Like, and now this, James Harden has had multiple playoff collapses in his career. Yeah. This is who the guy is. That's who he
1: is now. There ain't no so, around this it. This is
0: where I can kind of give Doc some uh, a pass here, in a sense. Cause if you look at a lot of these playoff glasses, man, his players that have not shown up in big games. Now you can you may can say that that he's he's the common denominator in these games. But I just I just don't believe that like you said, you can have Red Arbark. you can have Greg Popovich, if your players don't show up, there's nothing you can do. Nothing. Now, to your point about Joel Embiid, you know I got I got I gotta defend him. <laughs> not defend him, but I mean the guy is playing with a tear in his knee. Not not making excuses because yeah. you know, I just I just had an, a, a conversation with a guy about this. And and I and I and I hard wholeheart, I wholeheartedly understand this. That when you go out on that floor, the only thing that they're gonna see is twenty one and Embiid on yeah, the back yeah, of the Yeah, I, I,
1: I don't wanna hear that, man.
0: But is that fair in a sense? Because in the media, this is what we do, and I, like I said, I'm not excusing Joel Embiid for his play. In Game Six, he really didn't play that bad. He had 26 and 10. Let's let's did be honest. Did you see him?
1: In, did you see him in the fourth quarter?
0: Let's. I mean, he still. Had, I mean, James okay. Holmes was four for 16. Let's just, let's just be honest with that. Now, here's the thing: is this fair? What we do, because this is what we do. If a guy goes out here and plays on an injured knee and he or injured anything, injured ankle or he's hobbled in any sense, injured thumb, anything, any type of injury, and he's not 100%, 75% or anything, and he goes out there and play and he stinks it up, we'll say he's he stunk up the joint, rightfully so. But if he doesn't go out there and play through the injury, we'll say, oh, he's ducking this and he he's not, he's not the guy. He can't stay healthy. He's injury prone. So it's really a lose-lose for a lot of these players. And, and to me, I don't think that that's fair for us to do that because it, it's 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 a double-edged sword in a sense like i said not making any excuses for him he's out there but my question to the media is is that fair we we gotta start being fair with the, with the criticism that we do man because we can't we can't have it both ways Now 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 granted you know he, he 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 was the mvp this year and and that should reflect in in his play he he was ter- he was god awful in Game Seven, god awful, inexcusable. Yeah, but 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 see, the, 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 okay, I hear
1: you in that in that sense. But you want to talk about fairness now when it comes to injury with Joel and B. But w- last year, when Jokic was, was 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 without his two best players and going up against Golden State and he lost, and you told me that you felt like if you got the MVP, you should win that series. I didn't I, say I, you should I, win. I, I didn't
0: hear nothing about fairness then. I didn't say you should win. I said you should. I mean, you should what? I mean, you should win more than one game. So Real if you got the if seven. you got the MVP
1: and you got two games to close, it shouldn't you win one of them two
0: games? They took he took them seven.
1: So we're ju- so, so 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 we're so we're so we're comparing losses now.
0: I'm just saying he took them seven. I mean, so, I mean, and B. I mean, Jokic could at least win me more than one game. Nah, I, mean, those, I, I mean, listen. And I, and I will give uh to, uh Jokic some sort of pass because I mean though that team did go on to w- to win the finals so I can understand but I mean I didn't I didn't totally come out here and kill Jokic I didn't say I expected him to win at all you, that's not you, what I you, said you you
1: repeatedly dis- you repeatedly been dismissive of his two his two MVPs no that's repeatedly. not what,
0: no I've said I've said you said he didn't deserve them no that's not what I said I said. As an MVP, he should be critiqued as such. I said I, I believe he escapes a lot of the criticism that he deserves. Now that's what I said. So why are you defending Joel and B right now? Then I'm not defending him. I, I said inexcusable. Did it, did you not hear that word? Inexcusable. He played god awful. I, I'm saying on you act like I, I come. I'm coming out here and saying but you that just the guy you, you well. just
1: provided a, a just a justification reason of why he played awful.
0: I didn't that's not a justification. I'm just saying I didn't say, I didn't say the knee injury was was the reason why he played bad. I'm just saying that was my question to the media. Is that fair? Now, if, if we're going to judge him like that, that's how, that's how we do. But my question is, is that fair? No, it's not fair. But they, I mean, it, there's okay, a lot of th- there's question. a lot of critique that's not fair. That's just my question. That's just a question. Now, if I mean, that's the way we do it now. That, that's just a question that I pose. Is that, is that fair what we do? Well, I think question. that's
1: a different argument than, like, if if he didn't show up, if he didn't play well. That's all I'm saying. I mean, because, you I know. I mean,
0: to me, of course, Embiid is going to wear the bulk of his blame because he's the best player. But honestly, man, I got I to gotta look at James Harden a lot here because. He yeah, was, no doubt. This, I mean, yeah, absolutely.
1: James Harden, is, like you said, this is who he is. We've
0: seen this book countless times. Listen. As great as good as James Harden was in, in those games where he dropped, I believe, what do you have, like forty two one game and forty five another game. But here's the thing, man. Like this dude let me just let me just look at this. I seen a stat earlier, like like his games
1: in elimination games and game sevens. Oh my
0: god. They were god awful. I mean
1: and, and it was the report that, you know, came out, you know, a few days ago, is that they saying that there's no chance that they can before they let Doc go. That they, there's no chance that they can only see James coming back and playing for for Doc. It looked like in Game Six and Game Seven he wasn't playing for Doc. Then, I mean the guy was
0: awful. I mean besides those two games, this is uh these are some of uh, his games in, in the uh, in the Celtics against the Celtics in this series. One game he shot two for fourteen, three for fourteen, three for fourteen, four for sixteen. Three four eleven. Those those sound like he's going on tour. Those are tour dates. Yeah. 11 <laughs> He's going on tour, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be honest. I mean that 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 that's just god awful. And then oh another another thing about Doc, which is why I give him. So, uh, I didn't mention another reason why I give him some sort of repass. Another example that I didn't mention. Listen, I thought he he held he hold he held a lot of blame for the series against atlanta listen it's hard when your second player basically becomes unplayable in ben simmons yeah the guy just wouldn't shoot the ball mm-hmm. guys so i think doc a lot of these collapses that we're talking about man a lot of his players ha- have failed him man in yeah. a sense so i just think that that's hard now now not to say that it didn't warn a firing because I-, I expected him-, him to be let go with the way that we do coaches now i expected him to be let go that's the standard. That's fine.
1: We all know how this works. When, whenever like you said
0: he has one championship that he's kind of been, yeah. been living off of for yeah, and, years and, and we all
1: know how this works. I mean, when, thing, when 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 there's a disappointing outcome to the season, when you have expectations, somebody has to stand in the fire, and the the, the, the head coach is obviously the most easiest, the most logical choice to do that. So nobody is saying that you know Doc is, is solely to blame or money is solely to blame. But someone has to wear this, and it's easier to head coach more than anybody. I mean, you can't get rid of You're not going to get rid of the superstars. But we all know if your superstars, no matter who your coach is, if your superstars don't perform, you're not going to have success as a head coach. I mean, there's a reason why Phil Jackson, you know, leveled the bevy of disgust that he had because he had uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Shaq, you know, in postseasons. I don't believe they ever, you know, not not didn't show up. So, yeah, that's that that's going to be that, that that's going to be it, but no, nah, yeah. I I understand both firings, but you you can't you can't completely uh, absolve the superstars in this case. No.
0: Absolutely not. Now, speaking of superstars, we got to talk about um a topic that's not not really something I, that I wish we weren't talking about. Mm-hmm. Um something that's kind of disappointing. Um obviously, you know, we've seen the news come out that John Moran has been suspended from, from all tic, uh team activities due to another video that surfaced on social media of him holding a firearm and uh brandishing a weapon a weapon on Instagram live. And I'll um kick it to you here. Obviously, you know, just disappointing to, to see something like this again. And for him to his name to be in the media for the wrong reason yet again. So, what was your initial reaction to this news coming out, and what what were your thoughts? Shocking,
1: I think is the most thing. You know, I just kind of hard to put into words. I'm actually kind of struggling to even talk about this right now because it's really kind of hard to put it in words. You know, what was what what we're seeing, you know, take place with this young man. It is it, sad. Is um uh, is troubling, and before I get in, before I get into Ja, let, let me let me just you know, uh, for everybody, listen, man. No one is saying that Ja Morant is a criminal. No one is saying that he broke any laws, and no one is saying that he should be brought up on charges. No one is saying that. But Ja represents something bigger than Ja. In this ordeal He represents He's the face of a franchise He's a superstar face Of a brand in the NBA And His actions Reflect on Those other things Outside of Josh. This this isn't just about Josh. So when people sit up here and say oh, You know I heard You know A guy who I, who I love, who I have a lot of respect for, J.J. Reddick, when he comes out and says, you know, how, how can we be think, talking about this, suspending a 23-year-old kid for not breaking any laws? This, this isn't a law issue.
0: Absolutely not. This is
1: about Ja putting himself in a situation in which I don't think he fully understands what he's doing to himself. That's what this is about. And Ja, yeah, Ja is going to have to, you know, correct himself first. But before that takes place, before anything, You're going to have to make sure you surround yourself around people who share that same mindset. And who are not afraid to tell you when you're doing something that may jeopardize you. Because if they can't tell you that, then they're not really there for you. And they don't really have your best interest. And this, uh, I can't think, This, what's the name, Devontae Pack dude. I I don't I mean when we when we go really go through all the incidents that Ja has had it seems like he's been a common denominator in most of them you know the issue with you know Indiana and the gun in the car the, the beam in the car the issue with the kid at the you know so Ja has to before before I get into Ja I'm going to challenge the people around Ja are you really are you really there for Jai, or are you really there for what Ja can do for you that's what I'm going to ask you because. It's just a sad situation, man, and I, I, I think, you know, listening to the commissioner yesterday, Does I wasn't disappointed. I, I was, yeah, man. I, I was thinking that man they're, they're going to suspend him for maybe twenty to twenty-five games. No, I, I think they're going to drop the hammer on him. I, I think, I think they, I think they really going to send a message clearly because the commissioner feels like John, you know, basically made a fool out of him. Did he, did, you know, did he pull one over on him? I mean, not even two months, especially considering the fact that they, they, they pretty much let you go with a slap on the wrist The last, with the last. I mean, because Gilbert Arena's got 60 games for something very similar to this. And obviously, we know that was a different commissioner, David Stern, opposed to Adam Silver. But the commissioner took a lot of backlash for the way that he for, for you know, his leniency in that situation. And now you have this. Yeah, man, I, I think. I think that they're going to drop the hammer on Ja. And, you know, somebody's going to have to explain to me this this obsession and this overall need to to publicize or let it be known that you carry a gun. I I just don't understand this, especially when you're someone in Ja Morant's position. That's something that – because – what does it matter if people know that you know that you carry or not? You, you, John ja Moran, you, you, you are a superstar face of a global brand. You don't need to put on a a, a, a front or show for anyone, because what's going to happen is I don't think he John realizes that what he's doing is he's inviting something that I don't think he really understands what he's bringing on, because when you publicizing stuff like this and trying to make it seem like you about that lifestyle and you're inviting that, It's some it's some people out there that's really about that lifestyle that will come to your party. And I don't think Jai really wants that. What he's doing is putting himself in a situation that I don't think he really wants to be in. And, you know, it, it's just unfortunate. And, you know, at, at some point, because we all know this, at, at some point, you will learn there are your ways. Now, whether that happens before it's too late, whether whether you have time to you know get it right before you hit rock bottom, or or will it take you hitting rock bottom for you to finally understand there are your ways? That is the question. And for Ja, I hope I, I I hope that's not the case. I don't. I hope he doesn't get to a point where he has to hit rock bottom and he has to lose everything for he understands the situation that he's putting himself in. But the day of reckoning will come where he finally sees the there are his ways. So, like I said, I, I believe that the commissioner is going to drop the hammer on him he's going to have a lot of time to reflect on and, and figure out what he needs to reflect. Because, we, listen, we heard all about what happened after the first incident, some some stay in some facility. That, that, that's bull crap. That was PR. Now we really finna have to see what John ja Morant really prioritizes and who he really sees himself as. Because this is just an unfortunate situation. that I, I I can never recall actually seeing something like this. I don't know if you can, but I've never actually seen someone with, with, with so much to gain and having pretty much the world as their all willing to jeopardize that and throw it away of, over something so ridiculous. I just – it's hard to put into words, and I, I just I just pray for the young man, and I pray that he finds himself in a situation where he really understands what he's doing to himself because this has a chance to be something very, very tragic and catastrophic for Ja Morant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um First of all, you know, the age that we live in and the generation that we live in, you know, this society is very hung up on publicizing a lot of things on social media. And we do a lot of things in this generation for likes, for clicks, for views. We do a lot of that. And to your point about um, Jazz friend or whoever the guy may be, Devonte Pack. Where I where I'm having a little confusion is why do we why does he feel the need to go Instagram live all the time with Ja? Like if Ja is really your guy, that should be a norm. like that right, should that be a should normal be thing. Like if I'm with my with my guys, I don't go Instagram live every time because this is a normal thing. Like, I don't know if he's trying to do it for publicity, like to say, hey, I'm with Ja Morant. Look at me, but that's that's kind of what what is given off right now. So that's where I'm having a hard time to kind of grasp that concept is why he he feels the need that he has to go Instagram live to show that he's with John Morant, and to John Morant I don't understand why he feels the need to publicize that he's he's toting. That
1: is mind boggling to me. And.
0: And a lot of people are saying, oh, it's for his protection. Okay. You know what? If it's for protection, oh, listen, listen. I, if you want to carry a gun for your protection, do what you will. That's your that's your choice. Number one, it doesn't need to be publicized if you're going to carry it. Number one, that's you don't have to do that. Number two, Ja, you're a $200 million player. If you feel that you need protection and that you're unsafe when you're riding around, hire a security team, man. Get people in place that that would make you feel protected. And especially in this day and age, man, how many times we live in a day and age where gun violence is more prominent nowadays. And this is a very serious subject, too, man, because we've seen a lot of these mass shootings, a lot of these school shootings, a lot of things happen. And how many times have we read about something, you know, where a kid was flashing a gun and the gun accidentally went off and shot somebody or any any of these things can, can happen, man. Yeah. So. To flash the gun around and, and to me, that's that's pointless to show that you're carrying a gun. I don't understand that. Now to jazz apology and. Like you said, you were shocked me. I personally wasn't shocked. Because if someone apologizes to me, if somebody does something to me and apologize to me, I look for their behavior to change. Mm-hmm. You were sorry for what you did. Now you're not going to do that anymore because talk is cheap. I can make my mouth say anything. I can tell you that I'm sorry all day long. But if I keep doing the thing that's offending you, I'm not I wasn't really sorry. My apology meant nothing. So for Ja to do this again, like you said, I believe the 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 commissioner was felt like he was had, mm-hmm. because it was said that you know they had a long talk after the first incident, you know where Ja they seemed to have an understanding. Ja even did an interview with Jalen Rose and talked about you know how he's going to do better, you know he'll even in Ja's exit interview he talked about you know how he'll do better, you know not to put himself in in the news and the tabloids or what what have you, and here he is again. So honestly, to be honest with you, I really wasn't shocked to see that. The first initial reaction I was like, oh man this, this, this has to be an old video. no way this is new this has to be old this this is old right We already went through this, but when I found out that it that it was that it was recent, I wasn't really shocked at all because I mean this this is what Ja has as you know this is who he, who he has been and your behavior will always back up your apology if you if you are truly sorry and you really didn't want to put yourself in harm's way you wouldn't do it again so obviously man i i'm praying for ja that that he could keep himself out of out of things like this like i said man just kind of disappointing to talk about because man on the court this guy's a great young talent and and i want to see him for many years to come Mm -hmm. And I think he's putting himself in jeopardy to number one be out the league if you know this behavior continues. And number two, he could possibly be putting his life in jeopardy. Yeah, that that's the biggest thing. So and like you said, if he wants to be about that life or what listen, I didn't I didn't really have a, a, a rough childhood childhood or anything. For for you know for argument's sake, let's just say Ja had a rough childhood. Let's just say that. Let's say he grew up in in the roughest areas that there was. He didn't come to
1: find out now, but you go go ahead with your point. Yeah, f- but yeah. for
0: argument's sake, yeah,
1: for the sake of argument, Ja.
0: That's why you did what you did to get out of those type of environments.
1: It just it don't make no sense, bro.
0: So I just I just I just you know I wish the best for him. I hope he can. Continue to learn from this man and just really grow, man. Because like I said, I really want to see this guy for years to come. Because he's a amazing talent on on the basketball court, man. Amazing talent, and I wish the best for him, man. I just hope he he can he can learn from this and grow from it. And like you said, maybe it's it's the people around him. You know, somebody said if if the people around if you can't change the people around you, change the people who are around you. Think about that for a second. So if if the people who are around Ja are not putting him in that in the mindset of Ja, you have to do things that are best for your future. And because man, this guy just signed a a a, a deal with Nike, a deal with Powerade, which is which both are probably in jeopardy now, mm-hmm. given the circumstances. And and it just hurts me to see that. Yeah. That you know that he's doing this.
1: Yeah, he just cost himself thirty-six million dollars by not making the All NBA team absolutely. because of this incident. So absolutely. So yeah, it, it, I just you, hate to see this you, man, you,
0: and I wish for wish for the best for you, him. You you already
1: starting to see the ripple effect that this is causing on him, and you would think you know that that's why I think there's something much deeper here. That's why I'm kind of being very sensitive and lighting my words that I'm saying because I thought it, all this is very troubling to really talk about. It's really sad and. Again, to everybody out there that's trying to, you know, make light of it and say, "Oh, he didn't, listen," it's not about it's not about right or it's not about right or wrong. Did Ja do anything wrong? It's about the effect that this will have on Ja, because I, I'm sure he I'm sure he enjoys, you know, being an NBA superstar. I'm pretty sure he enjoys and he's very proud of where he's become and where he's gotten to. And you know, that was. The NBA is a private entity. They can police how they want them. So, if, Absolutely. If, you know, it's not about what he's doing legally. If the NBA feels that what he's doing doesn't reflect or plain them in a the begging of light, they're, they're, they're going to act accordingly to that. And, and that's a great point that you made up about, you know, you know, about the, the society that we live in today. And like you, you spoke on gun violence. It's, it's pretty much almost become epidemic now. It's almost become the norm. You no know, we turn on the news every day and we hear about shootings and you know you know gun gun violence and people being killed on a daily basis so Jo house also has to understand the influence that he has yeah absolutely i mean for 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 young kids who see that for their parents who try and you know teach teach against gun violence and say oh if you keep doing that if you if, if, if you do this you know you're gonna wind up in some place that you, you, you never, you're never gonna you know go forward in life you're never going to concede in life well, well Ja Morant carry a gun? Right. He in the NBA. Like you, you just have to it, image. Image is everything. Yeah, it, it, it's much bigger than what it, than than Ja and what, and 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 whether he's doing something right or wrong that affects him. Because this doesn't this does, this just doesn't affect Ja. It affects the Memphis Grizzlies. It affects the NBA. It affects all the kids out there that look up to Ja, and and, and trying and and the one in a, the one in a billion chance. Of them kids believing that they can get to where Ja Moran has gotten to? Because most people that go out and pull what Ja did, they're not going to get a luxury of getting a slap on the wrist and getting a nine-game suspension or, and being able to come back to, you know, uh, a $250 million contract. It's going to be much more devastating on them. So he, he just has to understand the influence that he has and impact something like this can have. You know, and I I pray that he will. I don't know I don't know where Jai's head is at, but I I I just like I said, this is a sensitive thing to talk about. It almost makes me kind of uncomfortable to talk about it, really, but because you know we we want to see we we want the best for this young man. Absolutely. And I just hope that he realizes what he's doing. Is going to lead him somewhere that I don't think that he wants to be, and I hope he realizes that before it's too late
0: yeah sure the exact same sentiments man just just to wrap this up here in a sense man just like you said just completely wish him the best and uh just hope that he can like I said just learn from this man and just just continue to grow and and hopefully you know things are looking up for him so but yeah tough subject to talk about and Hopefully, better days are ahead for him. So yeah. Uh,
1: before we go, I, I want to get your opinion. I, I want to uh, no get your opinion on two things. First, uh, let's talk about the uh, the draft lottery last night. The Spurs obviously won the the, the draft lottery. Um, let's come on and say it. They're going to draft Wimby. What's your thoughts on that?
0: You know, I've been thinking about this for a couple weeks because as the draft lottery has appro- has been approaching. And I've been kind of tossing this around in my mind. I don't believe the hype. I don't believe the hype really? on, uh, on Wimby. I know the guy is seven three and he plays like a guard, but listen, the NBA is a grown man league, and I think it's going to take him some getting used to. And I wholeheartedly don't believe he's the best prospect to come in this league ever. As some some people have that's been growing steam lately. But see, I, I heard it all the time. what does that even really mean? The best prospect to come into the. I mean, wh- 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 I guess the best ceiling. I don't know. Upside. But <laughs> I just, I personally don't believe the hype. I mean, I just don't. Maybe I haven't watched him enough.
1: Yeah, that's it. You, have, you haven't seen enough of him. That's it. But
0: I just, me personally, I don't believe the hype right I mean, now. I mean, don't, I don't think you can
1: pass on him.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you have to take him. But whether or not this guy can be a franchise altering the guy, I just don't know.
1: Well, I mean,. I agree with you there. I nobody knows that. But I guess what I was kind of asking like do you feel that you know for him to reach his full potential by him going to San Antonio with pop and with that class that first class organization that kind of gives him a leg up to reach his potential better better suited than any other place he could have possibly went to.
0: Well, it depends. It could be good and it could be bad for him because it depends on what type of kid he is. Like I said, I don't really know much about him. Is he going to be receptive to that to that hard teaching that Pop is accustomed to? Because Pop, to me, is the Belichick of of the NBA. Well, I think I, th- I think Pop is going to have
1: to. I think Pop is going to be have to one that's going to have to be do the adjustment. Because I don't you know, think
0: so. Because how can because we
1: see what Belich- was happening with Belichick right but now. But here's the
0: thing: How can you sit here? And how can this young guy come in here and say you can't coach me like like that when he's coached David, the I, David Robinsons, the Tim Duncan's, the yeah, Tony Parkers? But, but we know evolution, evolu- evolution, man.
1: Today's player, isn't I yesterday's that, player, but
0: the, the Kawhi Leonard's. But I don't think that that young man. It's has funny a, you bring up Kawhi Leonard. How did that in? But I don't think that this young man has enough cachet to say come in here and say, "Oh, I want to be coached like this." No, a Pop has been doing this too long and and the success is there well, well, so i don't think that he well, has I, the young, the cachet to come in and say i don't want to be coached like
1: well this. i don't think he would come in and say that I, I think what i'm what i'm saying is like i don't i think in order for you to get the best out of him that that brand and style of coaching isn't isn't the way to get the best out of him like say, i
0: come and got the best out of all these other legends
1: yeah but it you know tim Duncan was he was he's one of the greatest players all time but you know personality wise Tim Duncan was not the, the type of personality that was going to create waves. Neither was David Robinson. Neither was Milo Ginobili. Th- those, those guys all fit the style of, 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 of uh, those guys personality wise and ego-wise fit the type of the, the brand of style of coaching that Pop wanted to coach. These newer players, that, I mean, they are they already come into the NBA with an I mean Wim, Wimby is already a, a general I mean a global sensation. So he he's come I I, I don't think I mean and you, you, we we just said when we was talking about all the other coaches, what have you done for me lately? I mean, I, I don't I don't see any new trophies that Pop been polishing <laughs> anytime soon. So, I mean, I think he gonna have to adjust some and, and somewhat. Maybe. I mean, I, and, and it's gonna take. I mean, they're years away, I think, from competing anyway. But I I, I just think that. Yeah, they definitely
0: gotta build some pieces around yeah. them for sure.
1: So I, I I just think that today's I, I just think you know. The way that you know Pop coached for the number of years that ultimately, and he deserves all the credit credit for it. Through those you know glory days in San Antonio, I don't think that style of, that that style is very effective in today's NBA. And we always we we also talk we talk about it all the time what's the what's the making of a great coach? Your ability to adjust. You know, you can't you can't you you can't call every game the same with with the same type of players, you know, you you got a you got a star player out there, you can't we talk mainly we talk about it in football, you got a quarterback, you can't call the same type of game plan that you would call for Tom Brady for Lamar Jackson. It ain't going to work. You know, you got to, you going to have to compromise at some point. So, I I and Pop, I think he will do that. I think he knows the landscape of the NBA and he knows that today's players is, is completely different than the players that he used to coach back then. So, I think Wimby landed in probably the best spot that he I mean cuz we definitely didn't want to see him in Charlotte. I mean, yeah, you in know, other spots with, yeah, with that gonna, dumpster yeah. fire that Michael Jordan is built over there.
0: Now, if he would have landed in Portland, I would have loved to see that. Yeah. That would have been something I would have wanted to yeah, see. Yeah,
1: that would have been great because Dame is pretty much, you know, brother gay to the fact that he don't ever plan on leaving Portland. He find I guess, you know, whether he competes for championships tonight. And that would have been great for him to have, you know, at least a glimmer of hope because we know damn well ain't nobody coming to Portland. But uh, last thing. You don't believe the Warriors dynasty is over, do you?
0: I do not. I okay. believe that as long as Steph Curry is there, they have a chance. And I've been telling everybody this, There's 'cause because we thought it was over uh, a couple years ago. A lot of there was a lot of talk that that the, that the dynasty was over, and they well, they had a lot of
1: injuries and stuff and that they played a part in that, and, and, and they
0: ended up winning winning last year. So yeah. I don't. I think as long as Steph Curry is there, and he 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 is the head of of the uh, head of the snake, I believe they 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 will always have a chance.
1: What you – you, are you willing to acknowledge that they're going to have to do some serious, you know, soul searching and revamping of, of, of this franchise and this roster if they plan on go- – because I, I agree with you. As long as Steph Curry is there, you know, you have a chance. But this team was, was a mediocre team at best all year, and in the playoffs that, that manifested itself. And I don't care what nobody say, the Draymond and Poole incident at the beginning of the year definitely played an effect on this team. There's no doubt about it. And I think Steve Kerr kind of alluded to that, you know, know, within the coming days. Yeah. You know, there was some trust broken because –
0: And to that point, I think they're going to have to make a decision this offseason. Yeah. pool or Draymond. I think they will. Because you got to think Jordan
1: Poole as a young player – look. He played very well last year in the postseason. They're running to a championship, and he got rewarded for it. He got the big contract. I'm sure they showed him by doing that. No, they sent the message to him that, hey, we view you as a key piece of what, we, what we're what we trying to do and what we're trying to build going forward, and we're willing to invest this in you. And then not even a week into training camp, into the next season, after you give me that money, after you show me how much you believe in me, this guy punches me in the face, knocks me out in, on a camera, and nothing happens to him. No, nobody has my back. I mean, yeah, you gotta, you got to rectify that first. Before you did, and they tried to do that on the fly, and it just didn't. And Draymond at this point—I mean, we we've always felt like Draymond was is the has been the most overrated player in the history of the NBA. <laughs> but you know, at this point, is he really worth hanging on to? At this point, now at
0: his advanced age, I think he's more trouble than he's worth. I do. I the do text, as well. Like all that, like back when the dynasty was was, you know, winning covers a lot. Mm-hmm winning covers a lot. Now with all these antics and all the technical fouls, you know, the stumping Sabonis, all that, I don't think that is as appealing to the warriors now. It's I think it's more annoying now. And I think he's more trouble than he's worth. So, I think that they that they seriously have to look in the mirror and they have some decision make, making to do. They got they got some hard decisions to make. I think um, it's either Pool or, or Draymond this offseason. season. Now, if, Is they, there... if they can salvage and, and and both of them come back, but like you like you said, I think that they do have to do some soul searching and. and but I think these young guys, I think that they're good enough to still contend because mm-hmm. Steve Kerr didn't even try to play Jonathan Kaminga. I, and, didn't, understand and, yeah, at I all. didn't understand that. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I I don't know. Maybe he sees them in practice every day. He doesn't like what he sees, but. Regardless of that, I think I thought Jonathan Kaminga could have gave you some viable minutes off the bench, but I don't know. I think that these young guys, if they can kind, con- because yeah. you kind of alluded to that um, earlier in the season, those young guys they really wasn't didn't, yeah, and they coming, they coming of age. But I think if they could come of age and and kind of mature in a sense, I think that they'll be all right with a, with, with with a few yeah. other pieces. Because I still do really like Andrew Wiggins too.
1: I do too, and I I, I think yeah, I think they still have enough to contend because because they still have a core to build around. You know,
0: Curry, Seth
1: Curry is still, you know, a, a, a top five, top seven player in the league, however you want to rank him. You know, Clay's is not what he once was, but we all know he didn't play well at all in this postseason in, in the last series, but we all know what he's capable of doing. And if they can just find a way to, you know, revamp the roster, because, yeah, these young players, I, even though they probably didn't perform or come of age this year, they're still – I mean, there's still a possibility of that happening. You don't rule that out that that could eventually happen. You know, when you look at, you know, Poole, Wiggins, for the most part, is still a a relatively young player. You look at Kaminga, Moses, Moody. So these guys do have promises. They do have building blocks and staples that they can build around. They just have to find ways that they can maximize that and get that out of them. And I think, you know, maybe adding another key piece, you know, maybe not a superstar, but maybe, you know, if they can find a way to, you know, get a Terry Rozier from Charlotte, you know, that probably would be, you know, something that they can look into or – a place that can put them right, right back where, where, where they belong. Because I don't think they'll go into being, you know, being viewed as as they once did. You know, as the juggernaut. I think those days are over as far as the dynasty is viewed. But I, yeah, I, I still think they have enough to contend going forward. So I don't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think the dynasty is over.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's a wrap for another episode of Bullet Level Sports. We want to thank you all once again for tuning in. Thank you.